Many districts use interim assessments to get a sense of how students are doing academically. Most interim assessments are normative by design, meaning it compares one student's score with all the other scores in the nation, and then sets growth targets or expectations based on that comparison. But what if I told you that for most students, peer-based growth targets will never be enough to reach grade-level proficiency? In fact, many students reach these targets annually and fall further behind. A criterion reference assessment like iReady is based on grade-level standards. The iReady assessment will set a growth target that's based on the high expectation that all students, regardless of where they start, can and should reach grade level. That, my friends, is stretch growth. And this podcast is dedicated to learning from and celebrating those educators who empower their students to reach their stretch growth targets. Welcome to Stretch Growth Stories, the podcast. I'm your host, Ty Holmes. I have with me today, Allison Jurisi from Bayshore School District, longtime educator, math specialist, and she leads the data team at Gardner Manor School, which is a 3-5 building. How's it going, Allison? It's going well, Ty. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have you. You know, they say that folks come to the profession of teaching based on a calling and a commitment. The calling only needs to happen once, but the commitment, that has to be made every single day. So tell us, for our listeners, what called you to education as a profession and what keeps you coming back every single day? For me, the calling wasn't as obvious at first. I went to school to be a finance major because I always had an affinity for mathematics. But I was the oldest of five children in my family. I always babysat. I worked in the children's department at a library. And I went to school and everyone in my finance classes were so stiff and rigid and serious. And I thought, this is not for me. So after one semester, I switched over to elementary education and then never looked back. Then I felt like I found my niche, like I was in the right spot. As far as you're saying the commitment piece and what keeps me coming back, I would have to say is the connection that you make with your students. I think there's no greater gift than what educators can impart to their students and the impact that you can make in their lives. And in fact, just yesterday, I was at Home Depot and I bought a vanity for my bathroom and I knew I wouldn't be able to lift it into my car. So I said to the lady at the register, "Um, is there someone that could help me get this into the back of my car? So I pull my car up and this shorter man comes out and he's got a ski cap on and he has facial hair like you. But I'm looking at him and he smiles at me and I said, this is going to be a weird question, but did you go to Bayshore? And he said, I did. And I said, did you happen to go to Gardner Manor School? And he goes, and did you teach third grade? And I said, Gabriel? And he said, yes, Mrs. Tracy. And he gave me a big hug. And he said, how did you know it was me? You know, and I, it's just as soon as they smile and you see them in there, you know, it's the connection with the family. It's getting to know a student way beyond the curriculum and knowing that you've gotten to understand who they are and what makes them tick. And that's the commitment piece that just keeps me coming back. That's fantastic. And you know what, Allison, that is 
I have heard, you know, educators, countless educators share stories that are similar. That is a, a gift and a joy that is really only reserved for teachers, right? That it is something, I mean, I have buddies who still like to this day, they can tell you their kindergarten teacher, their first grade, they can't tell you what they watched last night, <laughs> but they can tell you who the educator was that made an impact on them when they were five years old. So that's, that's wonderful. That is just fantastic. So part of the reason that we've been talking effectively to educators, especially in 2023, right? We've been through, educators have been through a ton over the past few years. And there's a lot of data out there that's really sort of emphasizing, you know, learning loss and, and how much work folks have to do to help students catch up. The purpose of this conversation, though, this podcast is really emphasize the good news, mm-hmm. to emphasize the great practices, and also because I'm a firm believer that educators know what to do and what we want to scale, if you will, is our nation's ability to listen to educators, hear their best practices and scale those district to district, town to town, all over the country. So we're focusing our podcast on iReady stretch growth. And for the listener, if you heard the intro, Understand that all over the nation, a huge push is on accelerating students to grade level, making sure that they are really rocking and rolling on grade level in reading and in mathematics. And while that's not new, the work has gotten significantly harder, right, for many districts over the past few years. So we want to learn from each other and celebrate the educators that are empowering students to reach their stretch growth goals. So I hear that in Bayshore, you're rocking and rolling and you've got some students that have actually reached their stretch growth goals in the past year. And I would love our listeners, our fellow educators to hear some of the practices that you yourself and your fellow educators and your teams and your data team and so forth and curriculum folks are implementing to empower these students to reach their stretch growth goal. I'd love to share that with you. First off, there was something you just said about sharing the good news. And I know it's focusing on the practices we're doing with the children, but real quick, I just want to say how important I think the stretch growth is with my colleagues. So I'm support staff. And like you were saying, with everything that's happened with COVID, I think that some of our educators, they feel stretched so thin and they're working so hard in their classrooms, right? To give the children what they need. And I think sometimes um, they feel a little beat down, you know? And I've noticed that when I can have dialogue with these teachers and I can show them the stretch growth and explain it and they can see the growth these children are making in their stretch growth measure, it really, it revitalizes them a little bit. It gives them hope. Mm -hmm. It lets them see things in some of these children where they were just so concerned that they were faltering and so far behind. And I think that's a very important component to be reminded of for the classroom teacher. So I know we're focusing on the student, but I just felt like that was important to bring that up. That is awesome. And that is, that is really glad. Like that, it warms my heart to hear that the notion that like data 
can be motivational and inspiring to educators is probably for everyone outside of education, mind-blowing. But we definitely want to spread that word. Well, thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. So as far as our students and how we're utilizing it and the best practices that we use, the stretch growth is our measure on our branching minds for any teacher that's working in our RTI program, which would be our tier two level services for the children. We offer that before and after school. So we put in a growth by the January diagnostic that students will reach 50% of their stretch growth. And then by the end of the year, we put it in that it's 100%. Knowing that for some students, it may take more than that one school year for them to reach that goal score. Um, But that is the bar that we're setting for the students and what we're working to get them towards. So that's how we implement that at the student's goal for RTI. Uh, When it comes down to the children themselves, I find that obviously their buy-in to why they're doing this is Mm -hmm. invaluable. So, and that's a message that we've been trying to impart on the classroom teachers now that we've implemented Ready Mathematics in the classroom. It's not just about getting them on their path for a certain number of minutes a week, but they need to really understand the value, like the treasure that's in those lessons, right? So when I sit down with the students at the beginning of the year and we look at their graph and I show them what the different lines mean and I explain to them and we set different goals, we have discussions about their strengths, what are things they need to work on. And unfortunately, a lot of the students that I'm seeing in my remedial math classes are working two or more grade levels below. So in their classroom mathematics, they're not finding that success and they've struggled to find their strengths, right? So we talk about the strengths that they do have. We get them down on paper in our first data chat and we really focus on how we're going to get there. So as the children are doing their lessons, we celebrate as their bar is growing and they're getting all of their stars for their lessons passed. And going through their completed work, I also find is very important so that they can look back and they can see their grades. We keep track of what lessons they've covered to date and celebrate their successes. And not just about celebrating their successes, because we also look at the lessons where maybe they faltered, maybe they got a 33. You know, and then maybe the next time they still didn't pass it. But then we talk about how the third time, maybe they got the 88. And we talk about, okay, so you weren't ready for that lesson. And maybe you had to take a step back, but look at how you did. And then look at how you did after that. And sometimes I'll even show them what lessons are coming up in there, you know, and I'll say, and look what's coming up next. Like you're ready for this. And getting that buy in and getting them to understand what it is they're doing to get there. Like I said, that's the gold right there. That's that's how I get them to be motivated and to give their all to what they're doing. Then, you know, mid-year, of course, we revisit and we take a look at their diagnostic. And sometimes the growth isn't tremendous. But as long as there's growth, we talk about it. You know, we print, we take that data chat sheet again, which Jen knows I love those. Those are If you're not doing data chats, you have to go to your toolbox right now and look it up. You have to go to your digital resources and spend some time looking that up. So we color in the graphs and I spend the time talking to them about what those numbers really mean. So I'll show them and I'll say, listen, I already says that you should grow 
37 points this year, right? And so then we say, but how many months are in a school year? And I count it with them and I'll say September, October, November, and we count all the months in the school year and they'll say 10. So we write it down and I said, okay, well, you've grown this many points already, but we're in January and we count through the months again, you know, and then I say, so that's halfway there. And then we talk about, can you imagine if you grow this much again in another half a year? And we talk about where that will put them. And it's very rare that there's not a smile on that child's face when they're sitting there because they can't help but be proud of themselves when they, again, understand it. They have to understand it. They have to see it and know it and own it and have pride in it. You know, they ask if I can print it out so they can take it home and show their grown up. And so as far as best practices go, for me, it's in getting them to understand, to celebrate their own successes, whether they're large or small, um, to know what that goal is they're working towards and how that translates into their math brain growing stronger. We talk about that all the time. You know, it's like exercising any other muscle and that's the way I try best to implement it with my students. Wow. Okay. So I have a suspicion that our listeners are going to be blown away. That was the treasure trove <laughs> of information. All right. That, and I will <laughs> No, it was fantastic. I'm going to try to unpack just a, a few things and go back just a few things that I heard, but I am sure our listeners are going to be chewing on this. Uh, for the days, weeks, and months to come. So one, you highlighted the data chats with students, right? Really sitting down and using the data chats as a means to motivate, to get buy-in, to actually create the imaginative muscle so that they can understand, hey, if I grew this much in this time, what happens if I do that again? Like, where will my, as you said, math brain actually be? And the understanding that that data chat, if I'm hearing you correctly, because I believe you said it's hard to have that conversation and not see when they see their own growth and they understand it, not see a smile on a child's face. Like the notion that the data chat itself can bring joy. (laughs) Right. To a student, that is beyond transformative. That's just unbelievable, Allison. I, I, I cannot thank you enough. Is there, is there anything else that comes to mind that you would love a listener to know? Is there a particular story of, uh, of a student who, you know, maybe halfway through the year met that mid-year stretch growth target or something that's, that's churning there that you are just uh, sort of itching to share? If I'm being honest with the students I work with, there's so many of them, Ty. It really is once they understand it, I don't know that I can properly put that into words, but it does make a difference. You see the difference in them. They take pride in it. They do their path differently. They, even with their minutes, there's some students, and I'm not even making this up. There's some students who I'll say, okay, you're finished with your path time. You can use some of your coins if you want. You can do learning games. And they'll say, no, can I do the next lesson? Can I keep going? And uh, they really mean it, you know? <laughs> like, um, but, but in general, 
uh, like I said, they do. They ask for them to be printed out and they want to go home and explain and show their grown up. And we've also done workshops at school for the parents. We did one this fall so that we could show the parents how they could log into their children's account with them, how they can have their children explain their completed work to try to show the parents um, so that they have that connection at home and children are then translating their successes and hopefully bringing it home and sharing with their grown up, not just at that one time a year when I'm printing out a report for them. But no, it's, it's not really one or two isolated stories to share. It's a ripple effect through the children that I see. Wow. That's, that's fantastic. And we, um, I can't thank you enough for taking the time one to chat with me. I think I speak for the company when I say we understand that in 20, you know, to 25 years, students are not going to remember iReady. They are going to remember, right? What Ms. Jerisi did with them, what they learned, right? And how you made them feel about themselves and their ability to learn. So we want to thank you for doing that day in and day out. Thank you for not only being an educator, but for your leadership at the building level and the support uh, with data all around the district. Uh, we know fantastic things are happening there in Bayshore and we appreciate you. Thanks so much. Thank you. This is it for today's episode of the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Please leave us a review where you listen to podcasts as it really helps us reach more educators like you and make sure you subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at CurriculumAssoch and on Instagram at MyIReady. If you have feedback about the podcast, a topic of interest, want to be a guest, or have a question, you can email extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com. This is about you. We're here for you. So until next time, be you, be true, be extraordinary. The Extraordinary Educators podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates. Editing by Danielle Sullivan, social media by At City Hannon, guest booking by Siri Labaris, music by Mark Bernstein. This podcast is copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Curriculum Associates and on Instagram at MyIReady and send your emails to extraordinaryeducators at cainc.com.